Mm-hmm. All right, so with our continuing amble through classic TV, we were meandering over to England, but then uh, I forgot the guy's name again. You know, hey there, sport. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, Walter Brennan. <laughs> yeah. So that guy, yeah, like the, there was a guy in uh, Fireball XL5 who talked just like that, and you brought that up. So then we brought up, um, we went and looked up Petticoat Junction, and then just like, okay, uh, that's where I figure. Like I was saying how trying to go chronologically is just hard and frustrating and kind of pointless. (laughs) Ambling around randomly is just more fun. And I figure like black and white's a good cutoff. If we just stick to things that are black and white in general, just by default, we're de facto in classic TV at that point. So uh, I was like, Petticoat Junction, like what is that? That's a good example of what I like about doing these weird checking out old shows is like, sure, I've heard of it, but I have no fucking idea what it is. And like, why not? Why not throw that in the rotation so I can find out? And right away, I was kind of interested because uh, this is like all tied into the Beverly Hillbillies. That's right. Beverly Hillbillies was the first show and their cousin, let me think now, what was her name? Cousin B, I think, was her name, and she would come and visit them from the hill country. But then she, that was an offshoot. She moved to Petticoat Junction, and she's got a couple of really good, three maybe? Really good-looking daughters. And So, yeah, it seems uh, like you already know way yeah, more about this than yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I watched it. I, I saw it when, it was, when I was a kid. Yeah, and I just love, like, dumb, nerdy crap on the wiki page of, like, technically it's not a junction because it's uh, not where two rail lines meet, but it's called Petticoat Junction because... There's like a big water tower where the girls That's would swim. That's right. There is a big water tower, <laughs> and, like, and the petticoats obviously refer to the girls. Yeah, they would hang their petticoats yeah, over. Oh, yeah, so, over uh, <laughs> the big water tank. But yeah, just right away I thought that was interesting because, like, of all the old classic TV shows, I think Beverly Hillbillies is the one I saw the most of. Like, we watched that a lot in oh, our yeah, house. Because it's real classic. Yeah. I mean, it, it's much better than Petticoat Junction. It was even, in, it's so weird to think about this, the pre-internet days, that those even existed, where uh, it was the only time, maybe Star Trek also, but those things they would do where you could, every month or whatever, you'd get a new VHS tape with episodes of TV shows. And I know we had, because you could get like the introductory ones for cheap, get the first whatever for cheap, and then we would eventually get a few more. And yeah, we'd get a few at the normal price, and then we eventually just canceled them. I think we may have gotten a little bit of Star Trek that way, but we definitely got Beverly Hillbillies because I was surprised that it was black and white because the ones we watched on TV were all in color. And then we got these tapes and they were black and white. (laughs) They were still good. They were still Beverly Hillbillies. So yeah, right away, I'm more interested in this show, finding out that it's connected. So it's this guy, Paul Henning, who, uh, man, he had a good run. So right before this was Beverly Hillbillies. And right after it, for full points, do you know what the third show was? Oh, I, for some reason I'm thinking Eddie Albert and Zaza Gabor and what was the name of the show? They were a wealthy couple that moved out to some farm place. Uh, I can t- I don't know because I didn't look up the what name. the show's about, but I can tell I'll you the name. I'll see if it was it. Green Acres? Green Acres. <laughs> Green Acres is the place to be. Green Acres. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, Green Acres. So yeah, this guy, Paul Henning, he was running fucking TV back then because, like, yeah, it was Beverly Hillbillies, then Petticoat Junction, then Green Acres, but they all started within a year or two of each other and were all running at the same time. Mm. Like, this guy had a TV fucking empire yeah. going on. Yeah. 
And That's uh, right. Apparently, Beverly Hillbillies was the least connected, but they still did do stuff like toward the end of Petticoat Junction. Granny came for to help somebody have a kid or something. Because <laughs> I think the main lady, she was sick, so she wasn't in the final episode. So they brought in Granny and just stuff like that. Weird little crossovers. So uh, yeah, just right away, no matter how this show turns out, I didn't know that there were more branches to the Beverly Hillbillies thing. So that that alone, I'm like, cool. All right, interested. So this one ran on CBS from 1963 to 1970, and the first two seasons were black and white, so we're going to watch, of course, the very first episode, about a hotel on a railroad line that's no longer connected to the overall rail system. So it just runs between these two towns that are 40 miles apart from each other, and in the middle is this weird hotel or whatever. And uh, apparently it's based on Paul Henning's wife's grandmother's stories. She lived in an actual place like this, in this like weird off-branch rarely used railroad line and she would just tell all these stories so they made a show about it uh oh and this this worried me a little because i'm like okay this is off to a good start it's connected to beverly hillbillies it seems like maybe it'll be an entertaining delightful show starting in season four singing was introduced with as many as two to three songs per episode but we're watching season one because <laughs> that's like it suddenly went from like, oh, this might be fun to total nightmare. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a real vaudeville stuff. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds so terrible. Uh, but then finally, yeah, so it turned to color, turned to singing. The main lady, I think it was cancer, but she eventually died and they, they never replaced her. They just kept saying she was out of town for like a whole season. <laughs> eventually, the show got canceled in 1970. And uh, this is funny, too, because it's one of these things that was probably a big deal at the time, but I'd never heard of this before. Canceled as a precursor to the infamous rural purge of the early 70s, where all rural-themed shows were canceled on CBS. There's all of them. They're like, anything yeah. with a hillbilly in it is out of here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, they, they, you were probably f- they probably figured that that was, uh, like, speaking down to the hillbillies and right. making it seem like they were lower class and yeah there'd be all that kind of crap going on in the 70s i never thought about that but that would be it's funny too just to refer to it as the infamous rural purge because yeah if you were into tv back then if you were a tv nerd of the 60s and the 70s it probably was a pretty shocking thing but i never heard of it i'm like i wonder what the modern equivalent would be like to me it was a big story when, like, NYPD Blue had a swear word and showed a guy's butt. No one in the future is going to give a fuck about that, but that was a big deal to us, you know? Like, I guess every generation of TV has these sea change moments, but then it just becomes the status quo, and who cares? But, yeah, then uh, Petticoat Junction was replaced the very next week by Mary Tyler Moore Show, so pretty good, pretty good. Uh, at least it didn't get replaced by something bad. And that's all I know about Petticoat Junction. So, uh, oh, except uh, I do have... An excessive amount of it. I'm sure we won't watch all these because I found a DVD set, so it's going to be better quality than usual. But the first episode's a two-parter. So right away, I'm like, we'll see. I don't know if we really need both parts of the two-parter. Maybe just the first one is fine. We'll see how, how we feel about it. Uh, but then I also found an episode from later, like uh, season, still season one, but it's like episode 20 or something, that has the original commercials, but it's bad quality because it has all the old original stuff. So I was like, there's, especially if we watch one and then possibly a two-parter, I don't think we need to watch yet another episode, but maybe we'll just watch the commercials. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the commercials from that season all would have been roughly the same. So 
I'm surprised it ran that long. So it ran for seven years. Yeah, it seems like all those shows, all three, were pretty successful. Like, obviously, Beverly Hillbillies was the big one. Actually, this was the least successful, in a sense, because there were, like, reunions and movies and reboots of the other two, but never Petticoat Junction. The closest they had was in the 80s, there was a episode of uh, Family Feud or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was... Petticoat Junction versus the Brady Bunch. <laughs> that was the closest they ever came to a reunion. It's just a bunch of them were on a game show. So yeah, this is somewhat the forgotten one of Paul Henning's rural empire before it all collapsed in the 70s and CBS was like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Actually, I should look that guy up and just see... What else he did. Yeah, like, was this it? Did he just yeah. have one of these amazing runs where he was everywhere? Or did he do other things? Yeah. Like, maybe he, like, uh, for some reason, when you mention his name, I'm thinking of Gilligan's Island, but I don't know if he was connected in with Gilligan's Island or not. But it was that same kind of humor. Yeah. That, uh, although it was set on on a deserted island, uh, it's it was that same, that same kind of, yeah, same kind of humor that is in Petticoat Junction and Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres. And. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, we'll watch at least one episode of Petticoat Junction. And then if it's the greatest thing in the world, I've got mountains of it, far too much. But we'll watch one episode and the commercials. And uh, and I, I assume, I infer from how that wiki article was written that there will not be singing yet. So I think we're safe on that. All front. right. Keep our fingers crossed. So episode one, season one, Spur Lane to Shady Rest. Yeah, the Shady Rest. That was the name of the hotel. The Shady Rest Hotel. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Scandalous. <laughs> so I mean I'd say that's uh, overall that's a pretty good uh, pretty good sign for this show that we actually watched them all and that third one you know with the commercials in it was a little bit uh, a little bit rough just because it was bad quality but uh, but yeah those first two I mean it was, it was not bad it was fairly entertaining although like I said uh, when we were watching it it definitely like I can see the the rural style connection a little bit to Beverly Hillbillies, but it really is different. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's like the Beverly Hillbillies are just they're just morons. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I guess Uncle Jed or whatever was probably the brightest one, but even he was like I mean they were straight up Ozarks living in a shack, whatever. Where these people are all I mean it's a big nice hotel. It's all. It's modern, it's just country. Yeah, yeah, it's like farm country. Yeah. I wonder, too, it must have been expensive just to involve uh, a locomotive, (laughs) you know? There was a lot of shots that involved the train, and you could tell they were running them faster. Like, they obviously filmed it slow, like when the guy was on the the little pump thing, and then he turns around. But, But, like, actual shots of a real train pulling in and leaving and it's like dude that's got to add to your bottom line that you got to have a whole train in your show yeah and they had to build the track that it ran on but they didn't have any other vehicles like you never saw a car arriving on the 
scene or roads. Right. So they would have had their set. Well, they would have had their filming where they obviously filmed from an airplane the track and the train on the track. And then they had their their set, which would be the track coming into the station. Yeah, and there were times like when there was no train that it seemed like it was probably uh, a fake setting, you know, of just a track, train tracks. But still, compared to your average sitcom where it's just a house, it's pretty elaborate, you know, the big hotel and the all the railroad stuff. And I learned something, which I thought was interesting, about how trains work. I had no idea that. You know, the choo-choo, the steam whistle, relates to how much pressure is built up when they, you know, put in the wood to start up the fire to make the locomotive go. If there's not enough pressure, the whistle won't blow. So the whistle tells you how much, if you have enough pressure built up to make the train go. I'm like, that's cool. I didn't know that. (laughs) So I learned something from this. And it is, uh, I don't know what the other shows were like, but they couldn't all have that same storyline that I episode 21 and episode one were very similar yeah I think we got just bad luck that the episode we jumped into was yeah the same exact plot of a rich old guy trying to ruin the the train track and I liked in the the pilot I was impressed that it's so it's this little crappy like we said at the start this little crappy sideline to this railroad line that isn't even connected so the bigwigs in New York or whatever, realize they've got this thing. So the guy comes to shut it down, basically. And they just keep trying to butter him up and oh, look how great our hotel is, look how great our community is. Well, you can't take away the train. People need it, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, man, it'd be pretty corny if that worked. But it didn't work. <laughs> what worked in the end was that there's like 20 years worth of unpaid bills relating to the train that because they didn't realize this branch line existed, they owe $150,000, but they're willing to waive it if the train keeps going. So I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that they never did turn around this hard-as-nails business guy. He didn't. He wasn't swayed. But then when we jumped ahead to episode 20, that's exactly what happened. An antique owner wants to buy the train because it's an antique, and they make him some nice biscuits and apple pie, and then he decides not to. And I'm like, that's lame. But the original guy from the railroad who was the same actor that we saw in episode one he didn't get swayed around like he's coming at it from a different angle so we know that he didn't soften over the years or anything like that (laughs) he's now got a new angle uh, which is the rich guy buying the train if he can't stop the train some other way he'll get the guy to buy it so that part was exactly the same that hard-headed crusty old duffer who was in number one same guy in 21 he never got softened at all and that is impressive i i I do like how that that guy yeah he just won't (laughs) and it was the best line of the whole show too where there's the what's his name uncle uncle joe uncle joe who's always just kind of lazing about and half asleep all the time and the uh the dude who owns the railroad he just angrier and angrier all the time so he's just like uncle joe keeps giving him the country run around and stuff and he's like i should bend you over this uh this railing or whatever you know just basically smack the shit out of you and he's like mister you shouldn't have said that oh why not because it scared me <laughs> like, that was definitely the best line yeah, of the show was. <laughs> <laughs> oh i also kind of like too just to show what a kind of podunk country place it is that the train made a special stop just to uh, 
just so the lady who runs the hotel could buy supplies. So, of course, the guy who owns the railroad is incensed. Like, you can't make special stops just for one person. And the guy's like, well, she's over at uh, my, you know, the, the store. Well, if it's your store, why aren't you at the store? Well, because she can't really afford the stuff. It'd be embarrassing for her. <laughs> just this bizarre country setup that they've got. So, I mean, yeah, that is kind of... I can see the appeal definitely of just like it's not only is it slow country life, but it's like its own little cul-de-sac of just this dried up little pond of a place that is just like no one goes there and no one belongs and, and there. And everybody likes the innkeeper, the lady, and, yeah. and of course her her three beautiful daughters. Oh yeah, that's nice There's too. There's always some young man on the scene who's got his eyes hanging out because of these three beautiful girls. Right. That are, but it's funny okay, too, yeah, because they don't realize that this guy who's on the train actually owns the railroad. So And just like the level of country negligence is like, alright, let's take a quick three hour layover so we can go into the hotel and eat some apple pie, have some fried chicken and sing some songs. And he's like, three hours? <laughs> like, we're already late for the next place. Like, <laughs> just the level of uh, negligence or whatever. Like, it is a terrible railroad. There's no reason for this thing to exist. <laughs> so, so yeah, I was glad that they, in the end, I liked just that they had him over a barrel over these unpaid bills. Because, <laughs> like, there's no, God, no, no reason why this would ever... But yeah, not a bad show. And yeah, I mean, even just that idea of uh, the hot daughters, I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, they're pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're really, really nice-looking girls. And yeah, just that, that whole, the name, like, it's right at the start, the, uh, when they show petticoat junction and they show the water tower and yeah like there's their petticoats hanging on the sides and they're evidently naked in there it's like ooh, 1963 that's a little that's a little spicy so yeah i mean it's it's no beverly hillbillies beverly hillbillies is much much better but this show's not that bad not not it's all right yeah i agree i agree i and it's well acted of course it got some big name actors in that thing too yeah i recognized a bunch of people yeah the the uh, cousin joe uncle joe guy yeah he was a uh, edgar edgar buchanan yeah because i remember he was i had to look it up so i'm like i know him from somewhere and it was in Hopalong cassidy he is the uh sidekick who just seemed bizarrely old yeah. to be a sidekick yeah. <laughs> but but he's been in a lot of stuff yeah i mean a lot of movies tv well, maybe we should check out if you can find one, since we're this Green far down the line. A Green Acres one. Yeah, I wonder if Green Acres, because it came last, it might not even have any black and white episodes. It might have been color out of the gates, but I guess yeah. we'll find out. I, I don't really remember if it was... See, because we had a black and white TV after, after <laughs> so color TV came out, so it's hard to tell. So everything was black and white for right. a few years. And then we looked at the ads. Yeah, so uh, there was, you know, Tide and Ivory, so yeah. the standard stuff. But then, yeah, there's those Green missing products. Paste and Prell. Yeah, so shampoo. I think Prell was a shampoo. Yeah, so I looked up Prell and Gleam, and the uniting thing is they were both Procter & Gamble. So clearly Procter & Gamble had some money they were throwing at Petticoat Junction. And what I was surprised about these is uh, they lasted a lot longer than I would have guessed since we've never heard of them. Prell technically still exists, but was basically discontinued in 2009. But yeah, just a shampoo. Okay. And Gleam was doing great for a while. In 1958, it was the number two toothpaste after Colgate. It was the shit. Uh, but it started declining by 1969. But again, it wasn't officially discontinued until 2014. But yeah, like, okay. I've never seen Gleam in my dang yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've seen Gleam either. But yeah, the uh, actual ads, though, 
you know, they sometimes the old ads are really funny and entertaining. They were a little little dry this time. They, they were they were just yeah coming coming by us. But I did like the ivory lady where she's driving home with her shopping and she just can't get over ivory soap. Like, how is it that this high quality ivory is? You can get four cakes. They called them. They didn't call them bars back then. Four cakes for the price of three of those other kinds. And she looks in the rearview mirror and look how smooth my skin is from the delicious ivory cakes or whatever. It's just like, as, as she's driving her car. Yeah. It's like Total lady. distraction, right? Just fucking soap. You know that when her husband got home, she's like, now let me just tell you about the day I had with buying ivory. And he's like, I don't care. Like, no one cares. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, that uh, it seems like our little uh, detour kind of went okay because we were in the dregs of America, detoured to England, and I'm going to keep listing toward England. But uh, but yeah, that it led us to the the rural the rural world of Paul Henning. It's <laughs> kind of a nice little nice little thing. So yeah, next week I'll dig up some Green Acres yeah. and we'll see how that goes. And this was entertaining, lighthearted entertaining i could see a person after they had a hard day at work just wanting to come home and chill in front of the tv and uh also yeah it's nice to watch less obscure stuff just because uh it's so much easier to watch these like dvd quality shows like even how we watched the two first two were really good quality and then the third one was bad quality because it was from back in the day with all the commercials and just immediately, it's harder to focus. It's yeah. harder to care because it's so bad quality. Yeah, hard. It was hard to to get all the dialogue. But and those it was first very two, dark. Those first two also just like between black and white, and maybe they were shot on film, but they looked awesome. They still looked like great. So yeah, yeah. it's nice to know that if uh, you know something happens and we have a horrible cataclysm and there's no more TV, it's like yeah, I could watch some Petticoat Junction. It's fine. <laughs> 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 Whatever. I don't need new TV. This is good. Give me, give me some Beverly Hillbillies. Give me all this shit. I'll watch it. It's fine.